The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean Stacking the Money Green. And as always, I'm here with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. The Eagles get the win 38 to 35. Don't get the cover, but hey, went on the road, got a win. I'm excited. A lot to uh, break down, a lot to be excited about, a couple concerns. But Justin, how you feeling? Week one, one and out. Uh, I'm feeling okay. I mean, we're going to talk about it. I know Rob's chomping at the bit to talk about again, and so we'll get there quickly. But, uh, okay, I mean, defense, obviously concerns. Um, I think Jalen played well, and uh, mostly just, you know, I was ecstatic that we got A.J. Brown going. He looked great. I think he matched his, you know, career yard total in a game yesterday. So we're using what we got, which is great to see. Everybody seemed to come together, especially on the offensive side of the ball. The O-line was a bit concerning, actually, um, especially to start. Um, and thank goodness we got Jalen. I mean, he got his legs running more than I wanted, and he even took that that hit, uh, which you don't like to see, but he bounced back, and uh, he was able to have a great first half. And second half, you would have liked to see probably a little bit more passing. But we had the we had the 17-point lead, and I understand, you know, maybe you don't pass as much. Uh, would, it would be nice for us to uh, think about this game in the future and really try to stomp on their throats when we have the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to close it out a little stronger, but a win is a win. I'm certainly in that camp. I'm not the sky's falling. The team sucks because they only beat Detroit by three. I knew that was going to be the narrative that, oh, it, you know, some of the people reacting to the uh, win are almost like we lost the game. Rob, one and oh, let's go, baby. How you feeling? Oh, man, what a roller coaster. Um, you know, look, there's some positives to take out of it. Um, I think clearly A.J. Brown lived up to the hype and his debut debut. That's overwhelmingly the biggest positive to come out of that game. I mean, he just looked phenomenal out there. He was getting open. He looked fast. He looked physical. I mean, that 54-yard bomb that he caught. No, oh, that um, was a thing of beauty. I mean, that was pass. not an easy catch. Um, but, you know, I'm concerned. I, I, the offense was not consistent. Um, the offensive line didn't play great. And of all things, I'm not really worried about the offensive line. I think they'll get that together. Um, but look, I, I thought it would be more than one game into the season before I'm already calling for Jonathan Gannon to go <laughs> on the first drive. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. There's just no rhyme or reason to his defensive calls. It seems like, like we start the game, they march down, you know, they get that early touchdown. Um, okay, fine. You know, whatever. And then seemingly he did something to adjust. And I, I don't really know what the difference was, but, you know, then we had like three or four drives where they were kind of three and out. You know, Bradbury had the pick six, which was great. And then it's like he says, ah, you know what? That worked too well for three or four times. Let's <laughs> abandon that. And I need to mix this up. And then it was just, you know, we, we let them back in the game and legit almost lost. And I, I just think he's, 
I think he's in over his head candidly a bit with the defensive calls. It just doesn't seem like he gets into the rhythm of the game. And I don't know if he gets too conservative, but um, it, it, it was not pretty from a defensive standpoint. Taking a quick break to talk about win bet. Oh man. Uh, plenty of opportunities to cash big on win bet and uh, Eagles Monday night game coming up. Perfect time to do one of uh, win bets. Same game parlay, AKA build your own bet and the win bet casino open 24 hours a day, hundred percent deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you got to do is head over to sports gambling podcast.com slash win bet to claim your free bet today. Sports gambling podcast.com slash W Y N N B E T to claim. Your free bet today. Offer subjects change terms conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where playthrough. Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gaming problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're also brought to you by the Elias Sports Bureau. That's right. The Elias Sports Bureau is your one stop shop for all the uh, NFL, NBA, MLB stats you need for fantasy, gambling. They got you covered. Love me the Elias a game plan app. And you've probably heard the name Elias Sports Bureau before. Official stats uh, set keepers of a number of leagues, including the NFL. Just found out, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, A.J. Brown set the uh, record for a Philadelphia Eagles receiver in his debut for the receiving yards. Again, NFL season is here. Don't wait. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. That's E-L-I-A-S. And again, uh, sign up for their uh, monthly subscription. You get a 14-day free trial when you use the promo code SGPN. All you have to do is find the Elias Game Plan sports betting app in the App Store or Play Store. That's E-L-I-A-S. Use the promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football, NFL Red Zone, plus 4K at no extra charge. Hundreds of channels of live sports and entertainment, plus... You'll never miss an episode of your favorite show or games with the uh, cloud-based DVR. No contract, no equipment can cancel at any time. But right now, you can try it for free and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. And we're back on the Die Hard Eagles podcast. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I got to agree. I mean, I probably stuck up for Gannon more than you two. And I mean, you're kind of at the, I'm kind of at the end of my wits end with him. I mean, at least with shorts, Schwartz, <laughs> Jim shorts, uh, you know, he had that bend don't break and it seemed like, okay, we let him down the field, but at least we try to keep him out of the end zone. Um, Gannon seems to be playing the shell defense and yeah, we let him down the field a little bit, but we also let him in the end zone. And I, I know he's mixing in a little bit of blitzes, but I guess they seem to be a bit too predictable. And I, I see the excuses online as well. You know, it's the first game of the season. Some of these guys haven't played in like a month. You know, I I guess I get a little bit of that as well, but these guys are supposed to be playing as a unit and it's your job as a coach to get them going. And uh, if, if the Detroit's putting that many points on us, we do have a concern and adjustments certainly need to be made. Like Rob is saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's, you know, it, it was weird because we started out really soft and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. It wasn't a super hard camp. A lot of the starters didn't do a lot of training camp work, didn't do a lot in the preseason, got everyone to game one completely healthy, which was the goal. There was no one on the injury report. Um, 
So that's, that's good. But then, you know, they drive down, they get up seven, nothing, not shocking. And then the defense kind of responded. Like they clamped down for a nice chunk of time in this, in the second quarter, I felt like, and then especially in the second half kind of just fell apart. I don't, I test it seemed to me like they took their foot off the gas and they became less aggressive, maybe sat back a little bit, but also it did seem like guys just were out of place, either scheme play calling, whatever it was, they just, it's not like they weren't making tackles, although they did miss some tackles. Really the issue was they just didn't have guys in the right spot. So that's a scheme thing. That's a defensive coordinator thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, this was not a great uh, debut game by, um, you know, JG, as he likes to call himself, Jonathan Gannon. So certainly concerned. <laughs> I, I would imagine in a more, but there were also times where we were up three scores. So I, I guess there's, you're, you're trying to get them to bleed the clock and give up some stuff and, and not give up a big play and let them right back in it. So I, I guess maybe there's something to that. That would be my only excuse. And I hope that's what it is. We obviously have a huge test coming up against the Vikings. Look, I, I think we also need to put it in perspective. I mean, this was against the Lions. Goff was 21 of 37, 215 yards, two TDs and an interception. Swift ran all over us, 15 carries for 144 yards and a TD. I mean, th- this wasn't a prolific, prolific offense. We weren't, um, you know, playing the Chiefs here uh, with Mahomes. Um, I mean, this was Goff and the Lions, and they seemingly marched all over the field on us. Um, I, I'm concerned. I, I'm not. Look, it can be turned around. It's the first game of the season, but you know, early review on Jonathan Gannon certainly not positive. And 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 honestly, if he doesn't make it happen this year, I think it has to be him. I mean, how he did a great job in the offseason. We've talked about it at length now on multiple podcast, but he did a great job shoring up this defense. You know, certainly there's still room to improve, but it's definitely tremendously more talented than last year. Yeah. And I I do understand that, you know, the lions had, you know, top five offensive line, but even if that is the case and you got to understand that they are going to try and run a bit. So you got to make the adjustments necessary to try and stop that. And uh, I was hoping, you know, Ragnar wouldn't play. He did. Um, so, and I know Vitae was out, but Vitae was arguably their weakest link anyway. So putting somebody in his place didn't change much of that offensive line. They're still probably, you know, where they were at before he dropped out, but it's just, it, there's just a lack of adjustments. And I know Rob has said it before and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, completely on board now. I mean, it, things need to change and change quickly. If this uh, defense is going to turn things around. Yeah, I mean, I let mean, me the, ask you guys yeah. this. Uh, aside from, uh, look, I know Bradbury had a pick six, so I'll give that as a highlight. But what can you really take away from this defense as a positive? I, I mean, I, I can't really think of anything. I don't think there was any kind of great pass rush. It didn't seem like we were really getting pressure. You know, I, I didn't hear Reddick's name called. I didn't hear um, uh, Hargrave's name called. You know, Cox had that one play that I can think of off the top of my head, but you know, uh, white had a play or two, but you know, I just, I don't remember many standout plays on defense that, that I can take away from this game. Now, I guess Epps played fairly well when yeah. might be the guy I would pick out. I mean, I know he did let up. I think it was on the, that one passing touchdown, which was tight coverage. It looked like he was, you know, a hair behind. Um, and I mean, white, 
tipped the ball. He seemed to play decent, but not much else. Slay did have, you know, St. Brown blanketed, and it happened to just be a nice throw and catch, but for that one TD. Uh, but it, other than that, I mean, there's not a ton to take away, as you're pointing out, Rob. Yeah, I mean, you know, they had a couple tackles for losses, only one sack. I did feel like when they when they brought pressure to a certain degree, they forced Goff into rushing the ball, and I think that created some opportunities, and I was okay with that. Um, and, you know, I thought the pass coverage overall probably decent, and obviously the pick six was really sweet. But to your point, yeah, they, especially the run defense, it, there's just nothing um, to be positive about. But now, and I kept watching, and I, I don't understand why Jordan Davis isn't out on the field more. Like it, I, I don't, I haven't looked at his snap count. Uh, I'll look that up. But Rob, you had a you had a great stat about uh, him being on and off the field. Yeah, so I saw this online, um, and apparently, uh, with Jordan Davis on the field, the Lions averaged something like two point eight yards for per run or something right around there without him on the field, they averaged 10 yards per run. So, I mean, clearly, and again, I don't know what the sample size was, how many, you know, snaps he was on the field versus not maybe Sean can find that here, but um, clearly he was doing something to plug those holes in the middle. And, you know, I do think he can be a disrupting force and we need to get him on the field more and more. Uh, I quickly. think I will say, cause I, I went back, I looked at this actually real recently and I, I didn't get to share this with you guys, but I forget uh, who's the guy who shared it. Shane half online. I, I think it's just skewed honestly, because I don't think he was in there to start the game. I did look at those two, those three rushing touchdowns though. He was in there on goal line for the one yard run, the two yard run. And then he was in there on fourth and one on the six for the, the six yard run. So I think it just happened to be one of those crazy skewed stats where, um, you know, you can't run past the goal line. It stops there. So like a, he obviously a one yard TD run is huge. He can't go any further. And if he's not out there at the beginning of the game where it seemed like uh, we were really getting with uh, ripped by Swift, I mean, it's going to, it's going to skew it a little bit. Um, that said, I mean, I, I would like to see him out there more. He does seem to clog holes. I mean, even on that one-yard run, it seemed like he actually clogged the hole. Guys were falling down, and then Swift was able to bounce it to the outside for the for the TD. But. So, yeah, I just looked it up. Jordan Davis, 22 snaps. Mm. Um, compared to the rest of the guys in the O-line, like Sweat had 49, Reddick had 47, Fletcher Cox, 39, Hargrave, 38. So, I, I don't know. Maybe By the way, just- I I don't think I heard Sweat's name called one time the whole day. I mean, well, he just yeah. got that contract. What did he do yesterday? Well, Sweat and Reddick, um, again, what I don't understand about his scheme, they had him, they had Josh Sweat and Reddick dropping back in passing downs in certain situations. It's like, what are you doing? These guys were brought in to rush the passer. Like Hassan Reddick is is meant to rush the passer. Um, you know, I, I what else am I missing here? No, I'm with you, Sean. I mean, you even saw him out there on St. Brown in one play, which made no sense to me whatsoever. Luckily, he dropped the – or it was a bad pass by Goff. But, I mean, that game could have been worse, too. I mean, there were a couple just simply bad throws by Goff or drops by other guys. I mean, uh, they could have potentially come back. Yeah. Well, hey, get the negative out of the way. But what about the positive? There is a lot, I think, to take away from – uh, for this game, that was a was a positive. Justin, I'll let you start. What what's the thing you're most excited about from this Eagles win? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I know 
talking negative. I'm trying to get myself more positive now because <laughs> I, I feel like a Philly fan at the moment. And it's just, you know, we did win. It was week one. I got, we got to remind ourselves of that. And the fact that this could have easily been a letdown game. Uh, yeah. you know, we're, I know it's week one and letdown games still usually up, but it, we're being hyped. Those guys are out to get us. We're on the road. We were able to pull it out, even if it was only by three and we had a significant lead, um, you know, in the third quarter. But with that said, I mean, the thing I was most excited about is A.J. Brown, as we pointed out. I mean, who who didn't love seeing him being worked, getting all those passes? I mean, even Hurts looked really good. I mean, that was actually might be the most exciting thing is the fact that he was working what looked to be the entire field. Yes, maybe you want a couple more deep throws, but he didn't have to, especially when you're up by 17 points. The throw to AJ was spot on. We talk about his deep ball all the time and how he needs to get better at it. It looked great. We talk about the fact that he needs to use the middle of the field more. He was. Um, he threw to AJ in traffic that one play, which was uh, you know, near the line of scrimmage. That was nice to see. He seemed to lead AJ a couple times. He uh it was a nice throw to Goddard, too. Uh, on that one play. I mean, he was doing everything he needed to. Yeah, he rushed for what? Uh, he rushed 17 times, which you don't like to see, but it was necessary. And I know it was 90 yards total, but I'll take it. I don't understand why it's such a bad thing for him to run so much other than, you know, he might get hurt and you don't want him to get banged up, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it all. Well, Real quick, also 17, three of those were kneel downs. Uh, they still uh, count as like a gotcha. minus one rush. So, yeah. Or, or two or three. So there's that. Um, and, you know, rewatching some of the clips, like so it, it, there was maybe a couple where he ran, where he probably should have stayed in the pocket and had a clean pocket. But for the most part, he was running either uh, like a design read option play, which worked uh, near the goal line. He converted it on fourth and one. Uh, mm -hmm. He picked up some big third downs. And then, you know, uh, to your point about the offensive line not playing well, there were some times where he had to, you know, they, Kelsey missed an assignment. Um, and how often does that happen? But he did. And, you know, he had to avoid the guy and, and run for first down. So I I'm always excited to see him running for first downs. Um, you know, it is finding that balance, but yeah, I mean, how long have we been bitching and moaning about not having a true number one receiver? And then we get AJ Brown, like the guy goes off 150 yards. And, and, you know, some people are like, well, we didn't get the other guys involved. And um, you know, they, they might be upset. It's like, dude, this guy caught 10 passes, 155 yards. This is why we brought him in. We paid him all this money. We traded, you know, first round pick for him because he is a guy like that is just an amazing player. Um, just all in on AJ Brown. It was, it was really great. But Rob, what about you? What's the most exciting yeah. thing? Yeah. I mean, obviously look, it's no secret. It's AJ Brown for all of us, but um, you know, beyond that, I, I get, you know, Jalen hurts was um, I was actually a little down on it after the game on his play, but I went back, I thought about it. I looked at some stats and actually, when I saw the um, the passing chart from the game, I actually was encouraged. And as Justin said, he he used a lot more of the field um, than I actually thought he did coming out of the game. He yeah. threw, he had some throws left. Now he had a couple bad throws left that were in the dirt or or low. So he definitely needs to improve on that. But um, he he was thrown over the middle and he threw right and he had that nice 
deep ball. So I'm coming away with that. I think there's still some consistency to be worked on. I think the second half was, was not a great half. And, you know, I think some of that was they had the lead and they got, you know, too cautious and not aggressive enough. Mm. Um, but, you know, one thing that I did see was he had, uh, he was blitzed on 50% of the plays and, and one uh, source out there had him as a third highest passing grade amongst quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I'd still like to see him beat the blitz a little more with the pass instead of just taking off running. I think that's something he still needs to work on. And I still think there are instances where he takes off running and, and can keep his eyes downfield a little. Now, I get it. He was running for his life at some point. So um, and certainly some of those games really helped us. So, you know, and got us out of jam. So I'm not going to necessarily hold it against him, but I think those are still areas I'd like to see him improve. But I mean, overall, I will give him some improvement, I think, after week one versus last year. I'm not, you know, I still need to see more, but I think there was a step in the right direction uh, from yesterday's game from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I don't think he's totally there, but I think we saw some stuff that we needed to see. And, you know, he's, he made some progress there. Speaking of progress, though, Miles Sanders uh, got his first rushing touchdown in a long time since December of 2020. Didn't have one last year, which is a crazy stat. And uh, I thought he looked really good as a runner. And especially like I, you could make an argument that that 24 yard run he had late uh, was one of his better runs he's had because they, there was no. Um, you know, he kind of ran it up the middle. I think it was like third and uh, third and one. We were trying to ice the game. There wasn't anything there. He tried the hole. It was clogged up and then he broke it outside. Really hard running. Good vision. I, I think this was a really good game uh, for miles. Yeah. And I, I think he really, you know, he did it, had a, uh, a silent 96 yards. I mean, with all the things people are talking about, it's nice to actually see that he's healthy at the moment. Um, I guess the, the, the problem is, is that he doesn't stay healthy consistently, but he also had two catches, two catches, which is huge for miles. I mean, yes, he no can drops. stay in there catch the ball. Um, it's, it's nice to see. And he's such, he's such a great talent when he's healthy. It'd be nice for him to, you know, stay in the mix for the entirety of the season, just another tool and weapon to use with what we have at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, he's was- by far and away our best runner. Um, it's not even close. He needs yeah. to get the majority of the carries and, you know, his average, you know, his average per carry has been good for the last few years, really. So um, I get it. There's some durability concerns and maybe the coaching staff's mindful of that. And, you know, you don't want to give him 25 carries a game, but I mean, I, I'd keep feeding him the ball because if you're getting five, six yards of carry, then you add AJ Brown and hurts. I mean, that just adds another level to this offense. And I have a question. Why is he not in the second, the last play of the game? Oh. I mean, I know hurts got us that one yard run, but I think we had what two yards to get the first down on that third down. And you put yeah. in Boston Scott, like what, what's the deal with that? I, I don't get it. Like, He's the guy well, you got to go to like, and I understand when Sanders gets pissed sometimes because you're having a game like this. You got to be the guy to go to in a situation like that, in my opinion, unless you're trying to fool the defense. But at this point, you're not fooling anybody anyways. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have, I guess, like a traditional short yardage guy because Hertz is kind of the goal line guy. And then they try and use Boston Scott. But hey, your point, like Miles Sanders seems to be running the hardest. He's he's our best athlete back there. Why not just give him the carries? It's it's kind of confusing. Um Always, as always in a win, there's always a bunch of fun stats, nuggets floating around. 
Um, I'll, I'll pull this first one QBR, which as we know is a great stat to use when deciding how good a quarterback is. I do have a bet going as to whether who is going to have a higher QBR at the end of the season, Jalen hurts or Daniel Jones got off to a nice start here. Here are the division QBRs hurts is in first place uh, at eighth with 64.3 Carson Wentz in 18th at 46.3 Jones. Danny Dimes, 25th in the league at 25.8. And Dakota Rain Prescott, 29th in the league at 15.3. So QBR is good because I it, it factors in turnovers, which is why Wentz, Jones, and Prescott are much lower as well. And it also, you know, factors in your ability to run. So I it's a great, well-rounded nugget. Highly, highly respected stats. Some of the one of the best stats of all time. Rob, what about you? What do you what do you anything jump out at you from the uh game oh. big win? Oh man. Well, I used my, my good stat from oh, yeah, Jordan Davis. Nugget, yeah. Um, so Sean jumped ahead and baited me into using my stat early. Um, <laughs> Unloaded your stat. Something, Say up. I did see something somewhere on Reddit and I have no idea if it's true or not, but I'll assume that it is that the uh, Bradbury pick six was the first pick six by an Eagle on the road since 2010. Wow. Um, so it's good to see that. It's good to see um, the defense put up some points. And, I, you know, if we can get a defense, some turnovers per game, you know, that'd be a great thing. And, and, and not to jump off course, but one thing that to go back on that I don't think we stressed enough is, you know, one thing Jalen Hurts did a great job of was taking care of the ball. Uh, we had no turnovers. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was a big factor, especially with all the pressure he was getting. Yes. Agreed. And, and as it turns out, James Bradbury had more points uh, than the Cowboys offense. So always like to see that always like stats where it's something awesome. The Eagles did. And then also shitting on the Cowboys. It's, it's really great two for one. Uh, what about you, Justin, any sort of stats nuggets you, you like? Uh, well, I already said the, I like the Miles Sanders, you know, it doesn't seem oh, yeah, to get enough was... credit for the rushing. And then I was actually about to say the no turnovers, Rob jumped it. Nice job. Um, yeah. Nice. I mean, I think they're solid stats. If if we want to go negative, maybe we'll go with a negative one that I think I forgot to mention that, you know, the defense needs to clean up or those, the third down uh, efficiency here, the lions were nine for 14 seemed like they were able to, you know, stop them somewhat, get them to third down, but that's a key one where, you know, any good defense is usually uh, stopping them by third down. And we could not seem to do that. So I'd like to improve the third down efficiency there. Yeah. And just yeah. to uh, kind of parlay on the negative, um, you know, we <laughs> had too many turnovers yesterday or not turnovers, penalties. Um, yes. I get it. It's the first game of the season. There's some sloppiness, but I was also a little baffled by how they couldn't get the play in on time. I mean, I get it was loud there, but you're coming into year two of a system. This isn't a new system. You know, they have Steichen calling the plays now, supposedly. So why, why was it every play, uh, you know, they were getting down to zero. And honestly, I thought we got away with like three delay of game penalties that easily could have been called that weren't called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it goes back to like having a soft preseason. I mean, you know, even last year when we played well against the Falcons and even, you know, part of the time we were playing well against the 49ers, it, there were still like penalties were a huge, huge issue. So, um, yeah, it seems to be a theme there as far as starting early with a bunch of penalties. 
Taking a quick break to talk about no house advantage. That's right. It is change of the game. The most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. They got pick them contests. Uh, you have a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Uh, again, tons of fun. All you got to do is download the app. Uh, select your favorite player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if all your picks hit. Again, uh, you can bet up to five player prop over unders, tons of sports, NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, NASCAR. They got it all. Sign up with the promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app no house advantage to get a first deposit match up to $25. We're also brought to you by promoguide.us. You're looking for some plus EV betting strategies, how to make consistent profits. Promoguide.us has you covered. Plus, daily updates on odd boosts and huge cash bonuses from all of the major sports books. Again, they they really help you track down the best prices, the best bonuses, and uh, give you some of the best picks. Uh, you know, if you're already using mathematical models and you want you need some extra help, just go to promoguide.us. Check out their 100% track transparent proven method for betting smarter. Once again, promoguide.us has you covered. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Sleeper. That is right. Sleeper is, yeah, you probably know Sleeper already from fantasy, but now they have their new over-under game. It's great. The over-under game is integrated into fantasy platform. They also have college football uh, player prop over-unders, and you can copy our picks if you just go to sleeper.com slash SGP. They will automatically match your first deposit up to $100, promo code SGP. Just go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match. $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And we're back on the Diary Eagles podcast. No, I was just going to say, I mean, Sirianni giving up play calling, you would have yeah, thought that plays would get in quicker. That was part of the reasoning, right? Because he got so much to handle. And it just doesn't does not seem to be happening. No, but uh, but to his credit last year, like they started out with a ton of penalties and then figured it out. And he cleaned it up. So expecting him. Yeah. I have a question Um, just because, you know, I think being defensive coordinator in the league is actually probably the hardest job in in my opinion. I mean, being a head coach is difficult, but I think, you know, you can always kind of rely on the offense or you can point out the QB and how well they're doing, but does Gannon, you know, take any crap for, I'm sorry, does Sirianni deserve any crap for, you know, what, what's happening with Gannon at the moment? I mean, I understand, you know, he's an offensive guy and whatnot, but it, it seems like, you know, he knew what was what he was getting into again. And, and we've seen a season of it. And now we see the, you know, the week one and uh, all the fires on Gannon, but it doesn't seem like Sirianni's taking any heat. And I'm not saying he deserves any. I was just curious what you guys might think. I mean, I think absolutely. He's the head coach. When you're the head coach, you're responsible for everything that happens below you. So, um, <laughs> look, I get it. They're, I think they're like best friends or really good friends or something. But yeah. at the end of the day, this that job's about performance. And I, I certainly hope behind closed doors he's being harsh on him and he's asking these same questions that we're asking and hopefully is getting much better answers. Uh, Justin, can you imagine if uh, Rob was head coach and we were the defensive coordinator? BMB, I'd be really worried about going into his office. I mean, Shut not, 
Whoever started as defensive coordinator would be replaced in like the before half. You'd come out, you'd take my place, and then you'd be replaced by the end of the game with somebody else. Robbie sent Rob sent the fire Gannon text. It was I don't the the Lions hadn't even scored. They had just like gotten the ball in the first drive <laughs> to like our 35. And he was already like, I can't take this. Uh, come on. I think it was after the first touchdown. Maybe like oh, was it? a couple minutes in. It was really close. It was I, he must have just had it in drafts ready to go, knowing that he knowing that he would use it. It is true. It was earlier than I even anticipated. Rob's like, I was trying to hold back, but it needed to be said. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, we got the uh, preview for week two. Uh, before we get to that, though, it's uh, fun to take a little look, bird's eye view, if you will, of the season so far. I know this is going to be a question, uh, you know, coming up throughout the season. If you had to like tomorrow, you had to make a choice on whether re-signing hurts or not. Would you do it now? Let's let's kind of make this decision as tough as possible for the sake of, uh, you know, keeping it interesting. But so I would imagine if we had to re-sign him next year, he would be looking to get quarterback money, but not, not like top five. He would probably be looking to get, I don't know, maybe like Kirk Cousins money somewhere in that, like, you know, I, I, I don't think you'd be asking for what Lamar Jackson or Kyler did, but maybe it's, you know, less, but still um, now it's gotten pretty crazy as far as what you're paying for a quarterback. Me, you know me, I'm rare breed. I'm untamed. I, I think if I had to, I would, I would resign him. I mean, just that post game press conference where Brandon Graham is holding his arm up with him as they're breaking the team down. I, I think he really has a connection with this team, with this roster. And I'd like to run it out if I had to make the decision tomorrow. Now, I like the fact that we don't have to make the decision tomorrow because, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't progress enough. Um, but right now, gun to my head, I would say yes. Rob, what about you? No. Um, wow. I, I, it's just too early. And I don't think we can risk committing ourselves with QB money. And look, the, the big X factor here is what's the amount that you're signing him for. I mean, that wasn't put forth in your hypothetical, but yeah. um, I, I would still at this point after one game, roll the dice. And if I end up having to pay him more, cause he outplays, you know, what I would have given him great, then I'm happy to pay him that extra money. If he proves he can do it for the season, but I still need to see more for one game. I mean, we're just getting out of a bad Wentz contract where he doesn't perform. I mean, you look around the league, look at like the Cardinals with Murray. Do you think they feel good about that contract right now? Probably not. Um, so I, I would wait and see personally. I think I need to see a little more before I can say after one game, yeah, I'm going all in. And again, I'm still rooting for him. I, I, Sean, you, like you said, he has the intangibles. I love how the team rallies around him. Um, I love his mentality. He gave a great speech after the, uh, uh, the game. Uh, so I, I hope he continues to uh, prove that he is the guy, but I'm not making that call yet. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, assume a quarterback contract, but not, you know, these like top five, you know, not the Deshaun Watson 250 million guarantee. Cause I don't even think he would expect that. Yeah. Justin. Cousins is, is a 10th average per year and he makes 35 million a year right now. He's 10th out of all these guys. Yeah. So I think that, you know, and again, how he's good at wheeling and dealing. And that's honestly part of the reason why I would be okay signing with him, knowing that if it completely blows up, Howie 
can uh, finagle something and get us out of it. But what about you, Justin? You had to do it tomorrow. What are you doing? Man, this is a tough one. I want to say yes. I want to say no. Um, Let's say for sake of argument here, I'll I'll play the other side of Rob here. Uh, (laughs) Well, you kind of are already. But... Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Here's my reasons. Number one, you're going to have to draft a guy or sign a guy for more, right? So there it goes. You probably are two picks because we're going to be a decent team. And and honestly, that's a... Yeah, that's a big part of the equation is that you get to keep the picks then and even get more awesome players around Hurts. The other argument, too, is... Save money that way. The other argument, too, is, yeah, I mean... and. Rob brought up Kyler. I, I am sure they are regretting that. And yes, maybe we would, but if we're only signing him for 35 million, that's still 11 only. million a year less or 10, 10 million a year less. I know only, but so I, I think I could eat it and stomach it a little bit more. As you said, we do have Howie who will somehow be able to finagle a trade. Um, and it seems like Hertz is getting better. Now, obviously it's year three. He hasn't progressed as quickly as any of us would have wanted. He's only 24. Uh, I think I, I think I'd stick with him. I'd sign him today for 35 million, hoping we get a deal. And if not, I, I think you could still move him and it wouldn't be a horrible contract um, if you had to, almost similar to a Wentz situation. Yeah, I just want to remind you guys though that, that it's not the choice isn't sign hurts or trade and pay more for someone else. There's also the alternative to use those picks and draft a rookie and pay way less than hurts. Oh no, that's what I'm saying though. But then you got to use the two probably Um, in order to move up to get the guy that you want. So you're kind of, you're, you're right though. I mean, potentially you could only use one of the firsts you get another four cheap years. It works out great in your favor. Uh, But I think, I just think the price of 35 million, especially with what looks to be a cap that's going to increase is going to end up being a deal. And he's not even going to be getting paid top 10 money at that point. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Also a little nugget. I forgot to mention in our stat portion, uh, Detroit Lions seven and oh, while I was not wearing the chain uh, as far as the point differential. And then when I did put on the chain, Points uh, shot up to uh, 38 to 28. So we have a um, a positive 10 point differential when I'm wearing my rare breed uh, chain. So just keep that in mind, guys. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot to say, involved. I think that was the biggest shock of the game, Sean, is that you weren't wearing your <laughs> necklace to start the game. I was quite upset. You put the necklace on, and, I mean, it, we got the turnover. It, it seemed like a big a Justin, big also, please refer to it as a chain, not a necklace. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, well, you know, I like to, as a fan, I like to have some moves left in my toolkit in case things go wrong, like they did. And it go, and you go down seven, nothing. You gotta, you gotta move. You can pull out. So, so Sean, I just want to know, were you walking around um, the sports book in Vegas wearing the chain? Yes. Yep. Yep. Was walking around with the chain. Uh, Got a, a, an inordinate amount of go birds, um, a couple of people asked to look at the chain. I showed it <laughs> off to him, explained, explained where it comes from. Did it, there were some people that were confused. 
were some women like, hey, where do I get that necklace? We're gonna purchase <laughs> No, they they the chicks know it's a chain, uh Justin. So they <laughs> um oh, I'm dying. Oh. All right. Uh before we get to the um before we get to week two predictions, I think it's fun to 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 talk about this NFC East all over the place week one. Uh, Dax injury thoughts and prayers. Hopefully it's not serious. He's going to be out two months. Their left guard as a high ankle sprain. They obviously lost. Um, yeah, commanders got the win. Giants got the win. Not necessarily the prettiest wins for those teams. Um, but who are you the most concerned about in the division right now? I think this is an interesting question. Oh, Rob? I think without a doubt for me, yes. it's, it's Washington. Um, I'm going to go with the commanders. I know Wentz threw a couple picks. He did look ugly. I know they only played the Jags. The Jags actually looked kind of decent at some points. I didn't see a ton of the game. It was on the Red Zone channel. But uh, just seeing, you know, Wentz did throw some nice balls, and and they got Scary Terry. Uh, I think they have more going for them than the Giants do. Because, I mean, in the end, the Giants have Danny Dimes. Saquon looked great, but I, I just don't know how healthy he can be. So, um, in the long, in the long term. So I, I actually think it's the commanders overall right now, Rob. Yeah, I actually agree. Um, I, I think them as well. I think, you know, they're probably the, the next best team and, you know, Rivera does, a, a you know, he, he puts together a solid team and, and is a, is a good coach. Um, you know, Wentz will have his bad ups and downs like he did yesterday. You know, Dotson had a pretty nice game for his debut, mm. a local, local guy too. Um, so, you know, uh, definitely them. Now, do I, uh, do I think we can beat them? Yes. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I still think we're the better team, but um, I think they're, you know, with Dallas and, and Dak going down, um, I definitely think they're the, the next best team in the division. We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool, introducing RYP VIP, brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool. Helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Uh, they have their weeks one and two pools with guaranteed five thousand dollar payouts, as well as the season long pool with a guaranteed hundred thousand dollar payout. Uh, get access to exclusive data to help you with your weekly picks as well. Premium content, they got it all. All, all you have to do is go to uh runyourpool.com slash VIP and use code SGPN VIP and get 50% off your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGPN VIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP. Also brought to you by Odds Trader. Again, Odds Trader is your one-stop shop when it comes to comparing odds from all the major books. Get the best promo codes, the best sign-up deals, uh, player stats, game stats, injury reports, projected game day, whether they have it all, plus the bet tracker. They really got you covered. All you got to do is go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's O-D-D-S trader.com slash bluewire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And we're back on the Die Hard Eagles podcast. Yeah, it, it's it is tough, but uh, I w- I'll have to also go Commanders. Also, obviously, the Commanders being what we believe to be the second, uh, you know, our 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 fiercest competition. There is just a scenario where, like, if Wentz comes into Philly and wins the game, it's just going to be 
Oh man, I do not want to see that guy succeed. I don't want to see him succeed in Philly. It's there's a lot more riding emotionally uh, with the Wentz and the Commanders than even these other teams. So it, it would just it would just be the worst situation. So yeah, I would say I'm the most nervous <laughs> about the Commanders as far as uh, teams in the division. Uh, all right, enough messing around. Let's get to it. Week two, the Eagles squaring off against the Minnesota Vikings. Right now, over on win bet, they are currently favored only by a point and a half. Uh, Monday night kickoff. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a tough game, mostly for Rob to stay up through the entire game. I'm already uh, dreading it. <laughs> Rob's <laughs> already already adjust, trying to adjust the sleep schedule, getting ready for the big game. Uh, Justin, let you kick it off. What are the keys to winning the game on offense? What do we got to look for? Oh, man. I mean, our O-line needs to show up a little bit more uh, next game. I think the other thing, too, is I I think it's going to have to be the receivers who kind of take over, not just A.J. this time. I think Devontae, uh, I know he only got four targets last game, so I I think we got to pass it to him a little bit more uh, because I assume – Vikings are probably going to, you know, try to double team AJ at this point. Um, the, I assume they'd be looking for the run to uh, try to force Hertz to throw um, and see what they can get away with there. So I think the key to the game is just really uh, pounding those receivers and being able to complete passes. Rob, what about you? Yeah, I think it's just going in with a balanced attack. I think they need to let Sanders get his touches and, I think they need to spread the ball around. I'm hoping, um, you know, with the huge game AJ Brown had, it it draws some attention, and and you know, ultimately, I think teams are going to have to double him, and it's only going to make Smith and Goddard that much more open. So, you know, I think even Nick would like us to be a little more balanced in terms of touches. Um, I'm not panicking, certainly after one game, but we need to get Devontae the ball too. So, I just really want to see a balanced attack and and continue to see them. Um, you know, kind of progress as an offense and, and going through reads and finding the open guy. Yeah, for me, it's it's the offensive line. Like, I feel pretty good that if the offensive line plays well, I, I like our chances. I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at that Lions game. I, you could look at the fact that, hey, our offensive line played a really bad game with some really good offensive linemen missing assignments, getting beat, uh, being out of position and they still put up 31 points on the road. Now I get it's the, I get it's the lions, but still, I think that's something, uh, you know, that's kind of an accomplishment there. Um, So I think if we, you know, do a better job with pass protection uh, hurts is allowed to sit in the pocket a little bit more. And, you know, even the run game, I think we could have used a little bit better push. So I'm expecting a bounce back game from the offensive line. And I, I honestly think that's the key. If you watch that Vikings game, I was pretty surprised at the pass rush that the Vikings were get, uh, getting mm-hmm. now, you know, Rogers wasn't really in sync with his receivers. They don't have a big, uh, target like Devonte Adams, like AJ Brown, um, that can really help you. But I, they put a ton of pressure on Rogers, and I think that was a big reason why they won. So, the to me, it's all in the offensive line shoulders. I'm confident with our skill position uh, guys. If if they can get some time, uh, what about the defense, uh, Justin? What, what what do we got to do on defense? I mean, besides, I, we, I mean, we, besides cover uh, Justin Jefferson. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's numero uno, right? You got to make sure that if anybody beats you, it's not Justin Jefferson. It, you know, if Thielen uh, ends up, you know, burning us, fine. But we can't let him have the same game that he had against Green Bay. And Green Bay's secondary is actually definitely better than ours. Uh, I was surprised they were able to do what they did. Um, that said, I mean, we do play a little bit of a shell defense, or we do. Uh, so I don't know if you'll see deep bombs to Justin Jefferson, but we definitely got to be able to take away the short stuff, um, as you said. Uh, the other thing, too, is uh, we got we to gotta put pressure on Cousins. I think he's actually a lot better than he used to be. Um, last season, he had a great season, and he seems to not make the mistakes he used to, at least not as much. But I, I think he still has it in him where if we could get some pressure on him, uh, we can certainly get him to cough up the ball a couple times. I think their offensive line is ranked 20th, according to PFF. That's better than third, which is what they had the Detroit Lions offensive line. So I think our guys can actually get in, have some disruptions, and and make it a difficult day for them. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, go go ahead. Rob, Sorry, Sean. Yeah, you, um, you I mean, Justin might have covered most positions on defense there, but um, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I we mean, need to have to a me... strong pass rush. We need a shutdown, <laughs> play good, and we need our linebackers. We need the line. We need to be working as a team and gelling. Uh, I, I got to tell you, this game scares me. Um, yeah, I, I really think this game comes down to push. You know, at the end of the day, the defensive line. Um, I think, as Justin said, you, you have to get pressure on Cousins. Uh, Cousins is. He's a good passer. I mean, he will hit guys. He's accurate. Um, and he will pick you apart and find the open guy if he has time. Now, he's not the most mobile guy. He, you know, he can move a bit. But um, if, if you get pressure on him, I do think you can rattle him. He's someone that you can kind of bait into making a mistake. But, you know, if we don't get pressure, and honestly, we didn't get much pressure last game, I do think he'll pick us apart. And, you know, Jefferson will go wild and they're stealing. Um and, you know, then you you parlay that with Dalvin Cook. So, you know, the defensive line has to not only be able to get pressure, but they can't sell out against the run or else Cook will run right by them. So it's mm. going to be a touchy game, I think, for the defensive line. They're, they're going to have a lot on their plate. And I think, you know, this is a game where we're going to need to see the impact of our upgraded linebacking core because I think they're going to have to uh, really help against the run this game uh, and help plug those holes. Yeah. Um, I, to me, it's all about the, it's all about the run defense. I think here's how I see the game going. I think Justin Jefferson is going to get his, um, you know, our cornerbacks are certainly better than they they've have been in previous years. Um, but I still think Justin Jefferson is just going to get his, you almost have to write it off. Um, and, and hopefully they can limit some of the other secondary guys, but you can't have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook both go off to me. Um, Dalvin cook is the guy we got to focus on shutting down and just kind of concede that Justin Jefferson is going to have a decent game and just kind of hope he doesn't, uh, kill you there. And, and we have Kirk cousins in prime time. He is nine and 17. Uh, so what is that? That's like 36%, nine and 17 in prime time games. Um, I, I think, I think what we have going for us is two things here. the, the Vikings, as weird as it is to say, I think this might be a letdown opportunity for them because they were just at home. Justin Jefferson had an amazing game. They beat their hated rival. And now you got to fly out to the East Coast. Um, again, it's Monday Night Football. They'll get up for it. But I think 
I think the Eagles might be a little bit hungrier, right? Like they won the game, uh, but coaches, the media, people are going to be up their ass and it is the home opener. So I think motivation uh, will be helpful there as well. But really, we just got to shut down the run. And that brings me to, uh, I'll kick it off, my player of the game. You know who's going in the nest? Might have to build a bigger nest, but give me Jordan Davis. I think maybe they were easing him in. Um, he had 22 snaps, looked great. Rob had the nugget about the splits with him on and off the field. He's got to see the field a bunch, at least 50% of the snaps. And I think they're going to do that. And I think his impact, while it might not be obvious to the casual uh, viewer there, I think that's going to be the key to the game. So give me Jordan Davis, player of the game. Justin, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with our new guy, CJ GJ. All right. Okay. I think uh, we're going to use him. We'll probably double Jefferson at some point or have him over the top. I think he gets a pick this game. I, I think it's going to uh-huh. be a nice little, hopefully shut him down a little bit. And, uh, you know, cousins can cough it up. As we said, I just want to remind everybody of, uh, you know, when cousins was playing for the Redskins and it was the end oh of the first God. half. And uh, instead of spiking the ball, he downed the ball. Uh, it's just, just such a great memory in my mind. I remember where I was. I was at Keystone pub actually. So there you go. Fond memories, but yeah, I'm going to go with him. Uh, I think he can, he can be the guy we need this game. Yes. I still remember where I was. The The most annoying part is we still ended up losing the game. It was like the <laughs> end of the yeah. Chip Kelly era. And it's not only that he uh, kneeled it instead of spiking it, it was where it happened on the field. Yeah. Like they were on the seven yard line going in to get a score before <laughs> halftime. He accidentally kneels it. The clock runs out and we still don't win the game. Uh, it was so brutal. Oh, I apologize. I think I referred to uh, the Washington Commanders' old name. Uh, I just want to reference that and apologize up front. Uh, uh, Rob, what about you? Uh, what do you who's, who's your player of the game? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go Dallas Goddard. Um, I, I think he he's going to have a chance to kind of uh, really get a lot of touches because I think – you know, teams are going to be laser focused now on on uh, AJ Brown, obviously, um, and I think everyone's going to assume okay, Don- Devontae Smith's going to get some touches now. But I actually think Goddard could be a guy that really benefits from that. Um, I think he had like sixty yards yesterday on only three catches. So I mean, he's a- he averages like twenty yards a catch, and and he's he's a tough runner. So I could see him having a game over a hundred yards with a touchdown. Uh, that's, that's my pick. All right. I like it. Uh, that's fun. And, and Goddard had a couple, a uh, couple catches that one nice run, but yeah, I mean, always want more Dallas Goddard. I was, uh, there was a great moment where he, it, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, Jalen hurts when he ran it in on fourth and one and Dallas Goddard's blocking the guy that hurts clearly scored. And he just gets one more great shove on the guy and getting in his face. It's, I love that chippiness, <laughs> man. It's great. All right, final score predictions. Justin, I'll uh, let you go. What do you got? You know, I think I think I picked us to lose when I did the season picks. I was thinking we were going to lose as well when I was looking through this. I actually felt like it was the 2020 season when, uh, you know how we lost to Washington. I remember texting some people, put all your money on the Rams next week because we were going to get blown out, and we did. <laughs> Uh, but I did, I watched a little bit, went back, I watched a little bit of the Vikings Green Bay game. And, you know, I think, like you pointed out, Sean, 
People are going to be really high on the Vikings. I did try to look to see what they did to Rodgers. He's just such a different player than Hertz. He's obviously better. Do not get me wrong. But I think Hertz is going to create a little bit more trouble for their defense, especially because Rodgers is working with new receivers and whatnot. So I, I think we're going into this game um, ready to go. I mean, as we pointed out, uh, we we uh, won last game, but it feels almost like a loss. I think defense is going to be better. I'm going to go on a limb or what seems to be a limb and say we're going to win 27 to 24. All right. I like it. Rob, what about you? So I've gone back and forth on this game about four times today. Um, I'll be honest. This game scares me. I'm really scared of Cook and Cousins just picking us apart. Um, But if this was in Minnesota, I would absolutely pick us to lose this game. Um, But because it's in Philly, because it's a night game, I do think the crowd will be, you know, a factor. Um, Hopefully they can get to Cousins a bit. I'm I'm going to pick us to win, uh, but I do not feel good about this. I'm going to say 21 to 17. I'm secretly hoping that Gannon was just holding back on his scheme last week against Detroit, knowing that he had a bigger game this week. You think he's um, that smart? You, I, I don't yeah, know. So much no, credit. but I'm just, yeah. I'm just talking myself into it. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I think, again, I think Jordan Davis helps uh, slow down the run. And I think our offensive line rebounds from some of the sloppiness uh, that plagued them last week. And I think there are opportunities to pass on this uh, Packers team. And, and you, you had a good point there, Justin. Um, you know, I don't, there were some opportunities against that Vikings uh, defense. I don't know if you, the beginning, first play of the game, they had a 75 yard bomb basically to Christian Watson. It just dropped out of his hand. So if Hertz can take advantage of, of their cornerbacks and, and get a couple of those, Again, continue to have a balanced approach with Miles Sanders. Let the O-line push people around. We're going to get this dub. It is going to be 31 to 28 Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Check out the Die Hard Eagles merch in the merch store. Just go to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at DieHardEagles52 for the Diary Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, Sack of the Money Green. For Rob, for Justin, go birds. Go Go birds. birds.